Monday, July 12, 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? On Point Discussion live for you all tonight, exclusively on the Lounge Room Network, powered by our friends over at One Call Tech and, of course, over at Fanatics. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight uh, Wyatt is uh, out golfing with his uh, with his father. I think it's his birthday today, so happy birthday to, to Wyatt's dad. Um, he will be joining us, though, a little bit later on in the show for the second half. But for now, it's just going to be Wyatt and I, uh, Julius and I just kind of leading this thing. And uh, we hope that all of you who are watching us tonight are just as uh, entertained and into the uh, topics of discussion that we have for all of you on the show first and foremost though julius how are you sir happy monday happy start to your work week i know that this past week for you sir has been uh has been it's been rough uh it's you know some some stuff happened uh, i'm not i don't want to speak for you so i'll let you kind of explain you know as however much you want to share on your end and uh we can we can kind of go from there well, how you doing, my man Juan? Glad to be on this show again. And personally and honestly, I'm glad that, you know, I am back on this show, literally, because uh, it was a very dramatic experience. Um, I witnessed this past Wednesday. I was involved in a, a major car accident for you, those listeners who don't know, um, in, in which there result in loss of life. I'm not really going to get into the details of the accident. I posted a couple links on my Twitter page, but um, it was very dramatic, very dramatic. Luckily, um, I was in a big truck and that truck honestly probably saved my life. So I am grateful to God. I am grateful to all my loved ones and all my friends, including you, Juan, including so many of you of what I like to call the Twitter family. Um, that reached out to me um, with kind words and it, it meant a lot to me. I really want to thank you. And um, I'm so happy to be back. Um, I wasn't hurt. I was hurt. I messed up my hand a little bit. Uh, but a couple nicks and bruises. I'm here. I'm ready to talk. And uh, let's just live. I, I wrote on Twitter, just, you know, live life graciously and fully and those kind of experiences really help you realize that so i just want to really once again thank everybody for their well wishes and i'm very happy to be here i'm happy to be talking to you juan and thank you thank you for being my friend thank you for allowing me to share this platform with you um yeah so that's that, that's what i got for that one. <laughs> you know I, I again i don't i don't want to i don't want to share too much uh, either, but what I will say is, you know, I, I I recall seeing the you know the text message come up, uh, letting us know that uh, you know that that happened, um, and it was a very uh, very somber moment. Very it was very upset, uh, very uh, very worried, <laughs> you know, in, in in that short time time frame that between us finding out obviously what had happened and uh, you know, coming to terms with the fact that, you know, you hadn't been involved in an accident and um, yeah, it, I'm, I'm, I'm super, super thankful that you're obviously here, that you're with us. And, you know, if, if, if it would have been worse, obviously uh, that, you know, would, that would have been a different conversation we would have been having. Um, so, you know, I'm, just, I'm glad you're here. Life, you never know. You never know 
what might happen. That's all I'm going to say. You never know when you wake up in the morning, I don't, whether you're 16 years old or whether you're 66, no matter your profession, no matter your race, ethnicity, um, just appreciate life while you're here. You know what I'm saying? That's all I got. That's my message to everybody. <clears throat> appreciate life, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. hug your loved ones and watch out on the roads. Uh, be very careful. There's a lot of uh, crazy drivers out there. And in my case, it was a crazy criminal uh, running from right. the police. But just be aware on the roads at all times and live life graciously. Absolutely. I think that's a good, uh, probably a good way to kick off the show then tonight, right? With a, a nice positive message. And Most again, nice. again, thankful you're here and, you know, hopefully, hopefully your recovery is, uh, is goes by quick and, you know, you can get back to normal here uh, in, in, in the very near short term. So let's go ahead and get started then with tonight's discussion. So big story of the day, of course, has culminated around what is happening uh, on the island of Cuba, 90 miles to the south of, of course, of the tip of Florida. Lots of protests currently taking place down in the, uh, in the country. Uh, right now, you know, for those who don't know, right, Cuba right now is experiencing a severe shortage of COVID-19 vaccines, and the people there are now rising up and basically just going after or going, you know, rebelling against the government, right? That is, of course, a communist government, uh, socialist government down in, in, in Cuba. So, you know, we there's been some backlash, uh, of course, from a few members of the media, right, uh, saying that, you know, that the president isn't doing enough or that there hasn't been enough condemning of, you know, the message, you know, the message that's being sent uh, to the state. And by state, of course, I mean, you know, country, not not the state of Cuba, but, you know, but where I mean, where where are we with this? Right. You know, is this something that like the president should be or even the vice president, our state department, you know, is is this something that we need to continue to uh, actively condemn? I mean, do we do we just sit back and, you know, fiddle with our thumbs and just kind of hope for the best? I mean, where because it, it's just a very difficult uh, it's a difficult process, right? Because you can't with with all the blockades in place and and so many of those other things that, you know, currently kind of prevent the United States by, uh, from having uh, formal relations with Cuba, right? It's difficult to get any sort of supplies, uh, vaccines, right? In this in this case, down to down to Cuba to help. So I don't know. Do we use this as an opportunity to extend an olive branch to Cuba to their government? I mean, where? How do we begin? Or or maybe there isn't a role that the United States has to play. Maybe we just stay out of it. You know, who knows? But where I guess what what are your thoughts? Like what 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 do we do if anything? So Cuba, <laughs> the small island nation just south of Florida, um, picked this poison a long time ago, right? Somewhere in around the mid twentieth century, they had a, a revolution over there, a socialist communist revolution, um, and they've stayed behind that red curtain ever since. Um, just recently in the Obama administration, did they just start to reopen ties with 
uh, America as far as travel, as far as export, import of goods. But what you have are people that for better or worse, mostly mostly worse, as we can see in this in this situation, in a, in a pandemic, socialism has failed them. OK, communists. Communism has failed them. They have failed these people like it's failed every other, almost every other uh, nation who's tried to enact it on Earth in history of all time. It's never succeeded. And so Cuba is still trying to push it and it's not working out for their people. And we live in a very interconnected society because of the Internet. And so what you have is pro-democracy demonstrations in Cuba. Now, the thing about the Cuban government that's different from the American government is they're not a democracy and they will literally beat down their citizens in the streets, throw them in jail or rot away in prison if they choose to continue doing this. Okay, now they have the numbers right now in the streets to kind of prevent that in a way. But if this starts to escalate, America, the reason America is so questionable in this whole event, in my opinion, is. Because of the socialist um, movement going on in America right now with AOC and, and, and Bernie and, you know, and Biden in a way, even the, the Biden administration has shown a, a, a leaning towards socialist policies. And there's a lot of Americans, you know, myself included, that's not so keen on those socialists, more pro-capitalist, um, pro-democratic, you know, um, so. The reason that this is such a conundrum for America in a nutshell is because you have a, a communist country in Cuba whose citizens are um, pretty much uprising on their government. Um, they don't want to starve to death. They don't want to go broke. Uh, they don't want to have to swim across that uh, 190 mile channel or whatever it is across the Florida to, to get freedom. They want freedom where they are. And so just like any other freedom uprising in history. Uh, this is what you see. Question to Joe Biden, question to the American administration is, are y'all going to stay behind freedom no matter what? Or is there any kind of is there any kind of questionable, you know, um, you know, relationship at all with the, Amer- the American government and the C- communist Cuban government? Like, is there any kind of support in, in any way for against the citizens of Cuba? for the government of Cuba by the American government. And there's already been a few politicians in Congress who have, you know, kind of hounded out support in a way for socialists and, and communist governments around the world. So we'll see, we'll see what Joe Biden does with it, but it shouldn't be a hard, it shouldn't be a hard decision in my opinion. You know, I'm all pro freedom. Just in the, uh, in the span of you, just kind of giving that, you know, giving your take on this, uh, the, about a minute ago or so, the, the U S coast guard, has actually just issued a warning against, quote-unquote, unsafe and illegal maritime migration, including vessels leaving from Florida to Cuba. So from from mainland United States, right, heading towards Cuba, that, you know, the U.S. Coast Guard is now on that. So I don't know. There's a lot of pro-democracy Cuban mm-hmm. Americans in the Miami South Beach metropolitan area Thousands, tens of thousands, actually. They're, they've been protesting the last couple of days in the streets of Miami, mm-hmm. and Little Havana. Um, there's a huge pro-democracy movement going on there. So I can see why that might uh, you know, become an issue now for the Coast Guard. 
Yes. And actually, you know, I was also, because I'm just scrolling through social media right now to see what exactly is happening uh, in, in the most recent, you know, news that's coming out. And uh, Miami right now is, is I mean, they're having complete, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to say protests because they're not protests, but they're, they're marching in the streets of Miami as we speak right now, waving the Cuban flag, uh, you know, doing uh, or expressing support for, uh, you know, for the Cuban people who are currently uprising against the regime that is in power. Now, if there's anyone watching on the show who is who lives in Miami, right, who is maybe seeing some sort of a pro-Cuban, uh, 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 you know, uh, uprising, not uprising, but, you know, rally of support, for the Cuban people, you know, please, please, please drop a comment because I want to I want to see what, you know, it's always good to have that, that, that firsthand perspective right on the ground of what is happening down there. But, you know, right now, you know, this is a very large uh, showing against the the Cuban government that's in power right now, which, again, is a it's a, it is a socialist uh, government. I, I I would I would be willing to go. Uh, as far as to say uh, maybe a hybrid form of a dictatorship, I don't know exactly how dictatorial the, the Cuban government is now. I know that it was pretty bad under Fidel Castro, right? As is normally the case with a lot of these Cuban, or excuse me, a lot of these, you know, these communist countries, right? Their, their, their leaders tend to get very authoritarian. So, I'm not quite sure what the the government in Cuba is planning to do about this right now. I have not seen any reports yet saying that the Cuban government has uh, has you know has released the military onto the streets of Havana to start squashing some of these uprisings, these oppositional uprisings. Uh, nothing has come up yet, but I, I I would I would be under the impression that the second that a news story breaks from Cuba that there are protesters being killed in Havana or, you know, wherever it may be that that is, you know, that that's going to send shockwaves. And I would not be surprised if the United Nations, you know, if, if, if someone gets killed down there, the United Nations is going to start acting and it's going to start prompting a lot of international outrage because once you start killing innocent, innocent bystanders, especially women and children, that's when you really start to get a, a a global reaction. Now it shouldn't be like that, obviously, right? Every life is precious. But once those groups of people start, you know, you start hearing the stories of them getting either you know tortured or, or murdered by by a military, then that's when that's when we're really going to start seeing those ripple effects of this whole uh, situation. But yes, right now, again, the U.S. Coast Guard has issued a warning for any unsafe and illegal maritime migration for vessels leaving the mainland U.S. in Florida down to the island of Cuba. So that advisory is out. So I'm assuming that there are, there have been people already trying to get out there, right, to make it to Cuba or at least enter the maritime water, you know, area of Cuba for whatever reason that may be. I don't know if they're, you know, picking people up and at sea, literally picking them up at sea, I don't know. I know that's happened, but that that advisory is out there now. So we, you know, we, we just have to keep seeing what, what is happening here because these 
you know, there, there are thousands upon thousands of Cubans right now who are currently protesting against this shortage of vaccines, the shortage of food, right? We've got shortages with, I mean, basically, this is a full-blown economic crisis down in, in the island of Cuba, right? Uh, and the, the president's name, I'm going to just put this out there. His name is Miguel Diaz-Canel. Uh, he is the, the president saying that, uh, quote, uh, these, these are people, right, the citizenry of Cuba saying this, quote, down with the dictatorship. Uh, <clears throat> so, and Diaz is blaming the U.S. for the unrest, right? He's saying that the United States, that we're out here uh, creating this propaganda and all that for the Cuban people to go out and protest. Well, let me, let me, uh, let, let me just say this, right? To my knowledge, <laughs> to my knowledge, I, I I was under the impression, and I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. And if someone in the comments is watching this and wants to correct me, please, because I I I, I want to make sure I'm informed correctly. But I, I it was my impression that a lot that there's so much censorship in this country, right? How how would nor how would regular like just normal citizens? Right, who maybe don't have the technology, like how would they be able to get a lot of this information about so and so, you know, U.S. Uh, you know insurgency efforts, right? Because, like how how would you be able to get that right in a communist country? So I guess I'm not I'm not really able to connect those dots. And if if again, if someone is watching and wants to correct me, that please feel free to do so. But I'm just not seeing where that connect is between you know the U.S. flooding the gates of of you know, Cuba and, and storming in with all this propaganda and a regular Cuban, you know, citizen, right? How, how would they be able to get that message? Uh, if maybe a lot of these places maybe don't have the, the, the resources, right? The technology, the internet or, or, or the connection uh, to, to, to be able to receive those notifications. I, I, I don't know. The Cuban government is just mad that they people want to be free. That's all it is. So they blame in America and when I when they talking about blaming America, let me tell you who they blaming. They're blaming the, the right the right side of the of the political spectrum because they because we're the pro freedom side, mm -hmm. you know. So so the pro freedom side is making all all their Cuban citizens want to be free. So they're they're mad because of Fox News, something that they don't even let their citizens watch. Okay. <laughs> You never a strong leader, a strong governor government never blames another country or another leader for his their own country's internal problems. That's a very that's a very um what's the what's the word I'm looking for here? It's it's a very shameful thing to do. I know that's probably not the best word to use, but if if you're the president of a sovereign nation, right, and you've been running your country with the same style of leadership for the past, oh, God, I'm trying to think. So the, Cuba became a dictatorship under the communist regime in 1959. That was when they made the flip from when uh, President Bautista was ousted from, from power in, in Havana. And, uh, you know, Fidel Castro led his guerrilla warfare and all that. And that's how they ended up, you know, getting power in Cuba. And then the embargo happened in the 60s with, you know, with Kennedy and whatnot. So this, that's kind of where we're at right now. And there's been, of course, a whole bunch of turbulent issues, Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, the Bay of Pigs invasion that was obviously botched. 
you know, Soviet Union helping, uh, helping Cuba until it's basically its downfall in the 90s. You know, that otherwise Russia would probably still be, you know, funding a whole bunch of these socialist policies. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they are, to be quite honest with you to this day. But I, I do want to just read off some more, uh, some more headlines here, right? That the president, you know, President Biden has told the government or has called on the government to quote unquote hear their people, right? We also have the Mexican president coming out and saying that it would be wise, or he's recommending that the U.S. government lift its embargo on Cuba. Now, <clears throat> the reason I bring up the Mexican president is because number one. Mexico never really had an issue with Cuba, right? You know, there hasn't, there never has been any distancing per se between Mexican and Cuban relations. And another important thing to, to, to bring into this conversation is the fact that the president of Mexico happens to be a very far left, uh, uh, you know, style. He has a very far left leaning style of leadership, right? So he's almost, he's almost to that point where you could actually almost i would be willing to call him a democratic socialist actually uh he's borderline you know bernie sanders kind of in 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 the way he thinks not saying he does everything exactly in the way that bernie sanders would but it's very close in 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 mimicking of the style itself so it doesn't surprise me that mexico is calling on on the u.s to do this specifically when you think about where uh, uh, the Mexican president, right, kind of leans uh, on the political scale as a whole. So that's kind of where we're at with that. And <clears throat> we'll have to see, you know, we'll have to see what happens with this, because like I said, the second there is confirmed deaths over this, that's when you're going to really start to see the international community coming out and saying, you know what? They, they, they got to do something because if there's people dying over this in 2021, you, you have to you have to find some way to address it. I think this is actually a pretty dangerous situation because. Cuba, Cubans usually don't do this. This is the first. These are the first national protests in 30 years in Cuba. Like Cuban citizens don't go to the government with grievances like they don't. They don't maybe they're too scared or just not don't have the means, the platforms. This never happens. And mm -hmm. it seemed to have spread from the like I said, it seemed to have spread maybe somewhat from the pro freedom, anti-socialist movement of America. Um, I know people don't want to think that way, but it may have. And because a sizable portion of Cuban Americans are conservatives. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the recent 2020 election, I believe Trump got a majority of the Cuban American vote. Um, and Marco Rubio has been elected by uh, mega majorities of the Cuban American vote in his runs for Senate in the, in the recent past. I'm not surprised at all, but this is the first time we've seen a, another close country of America, uh, close to America or, or whatever, uh, what have you. Mm -hmm. Um like it spreads it's that pro freedom kind of spread over to Cuba. And that's why the president is complaining. Oh, it's the Americans fault. Oh, they're pro freedom. That's why, because this, <laughs> this is the first time, you know, you've seen a lot of the, the left wing politics spread to other nations as far as the protests are concerned. But this is the first time it's, it's been more of a, a right wing conservative kind of thing going on in another country. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. You know, it's we haven't seen these kinds of uprisings, uh, at least relatively close to us, this close. Uh, almost, I'd be willing to say, since about the, uh, you know, kind of the Cold War era. I mean, we could go back that far. So we'll have to see. But I, I do want to touch just one other thing real quick uh, before we switch to sports here in a few seconds, in a few minutes here. I want to talk about this recent uh, news on the uh, kind of some of the violence that's been happening, right? Ever since really, you know, the start of the 4th of July, when we started getting reports of, you know, a lot of the violence that's happening in the inner cities, unfortunately. Um, you know, Joe Biden today met with one of the candidates for mayor for New York City. And, you know, I know we probably won't have too, too much on this, right? But I think it's just good that we just briefly touch on it so that we can begin to address what what do we need to do? Like, what do we need to do to kind of get over or start to address some of this, you know, this, this violent epidemic, right? Because when you think of epidemic, right, we think about COVID and, and oh, this, you know, the, 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 the virus and all that. But there's this other epidemic in this country, and that is the continued violence that, continue, that, that unfortunately still is ravaging our, our, our cities across the country. I mean, where, where do we even begin to start addressing some of these things? So this is something that kind of hit close home for me because I come from that type of environment in Detroit, which was um, very violent. Um, and I saw a lot of gun violence growing up as a kid. And um, it's a very scary environment. But this is a cause and effect. This is cause and effect in every way. The pandemic doesn't help things at all. But what you have is this newest generation. Okay, violence, gun violence in America is nothing new. It's been going on since the mid-60s, late-60s, in most major cities across the country. Um, And the reason that three generations of Americans have passed by and it's still a problem and it's getting worse is for a a multitude of reasons. One is the environment that a lot of this is happening in. Um, it's usually an environment that has a poor lack of education. Um, it's usually an environment that um, have very little business and job opportunities for the citizens that live there. Mm-hmm. And overall, it's just depressing, to be honest. And uh, in today's days, uh, today's day and age, another thing that's getting worse, I believe, is the mental health of, 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 of Americans, of people all over the world. Um, it's very hard to deal with a lot of this. And imagine that you're in an environment um, in one of these inner cities that's just um, downhardened um, and whatnot. I mean, it all mixed together. It's like the perfect storm. And it's only going to get worse until you acknowledge the reasons why it's happening and work towards um, correcting those. Like, I'm a cat. I'm a, I'm a conservative a lot because of financial, of financial reasons and fiscal reasons. And there needs to be some kind of money movement <laughs> to go into these places to bring mm-hmm. awareness that, oh, you don't, need, you, don't, you don't have to be a gangster. You don't have to pick up a gun. You don't have to sell drugs. There are other ways to do this, okay? And to, do, and to make people believe that the people that are, are committing these crimes and in these places, little kids right now growing up in these places who are going to grow up committing these crimes and whatnot. The only way is to go there and change 
the things that cause these problems. Mm-hmm. Fix the schools. Um, we need oppor- more opportunity zones in the hood. We need more businesses, more small businesses, more big businesses, more jobs in these places to provide for the citizens, citizens so that the real estate and the vibe of the areas start to change, re-gentrify gentrify in a way, but not in that kind of way, but in a way that the citizens there can grow with, you know, um, because gentrification is not going to help this. OK, it's not because it's just going to move to another geographic location. You have to get the cause and effect down. OK, and you have to gentrify in a way that that includes the citizens of, of that area. So that's the only way that that, that this crime wave um, gun violence in America is going to improve. Um because if we is if it's just gonna stay the same, get worse if we just let let it be. If we just let it go. Oh, uh, Southside Chicago, uh, you know Garfield Park, whatever. Just let it go. Just let it stay that way forever, and it's gonna be that way forever. Um, so, I mean, we we've talked about this before, Juan. We've talked about this before. There's nothing that's gonna change until Joe Biden and the people in charge. Oh, I want to I want to change this. If they make crime at the top of their list, I guarantee they'll get a lot more votes. They'll get a lot more votes because crime is the number one. According to a lot of polls, it's the number one topic on a lot of Americans minds right now is the crime, the crime increase in a lot of these neighborhoods. And I'm talking to the people that live in those neighborhoods, too. You know, like I'm talking to those people. Is that is that the Justin Fields Abby I just saw pop across the screen? Yes, yes. The Justin Field obvious have made an appearance. Um, Damn, man. I'm going to have to roll. We're going to be starting our sports section in about five minutes, so they're yeah. a little bit early. <laughs> But we we will we will get to we'll get to all that all those comments I see on the right no, side but, here. <laughs> but, but I was just finishing up on yeah, the go thing, like um, you know, the people in those places that that suffer this crime. It, we watch it on TV. Most of us, most of us, luckily, we're not in inside of that environment. But the people that are actually there, there's actually human beings that live around this stuff. We just need to think about them. That's what that's what we need to do. And um, you don't have to enact a socialist AOC government to do that. I'm just going to throw that in. There, but go ahead. You always you always got to throw the jab in there towards uh, towards AOC. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's never a show when you don't throw in the AOC. Jab. She would just say, oh, take all the money from the cops and give it to the hood. No, no, AOC. No. no. <laughs> oh, man. Here it uh, <laughs> This is just my take real quick. And then I got we'll switch it over to sports. But. Uh, definitely continuing education, you know, providing those opportunities for, for a young citizenry, um, you know, finding, just, just finding ways to, to, to continue educating our, our, our community, especially communities of color that, you know, continue to experience a lot of, a vast majority of the violence, excuse me, the violence that, that happens, uh, you know, it's, that's the only way we're going to get through this. And unfortunately, you know, I don't, I, I'll be honest. I hate it, hate it, hate it when, when the, 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 the mass media or the national media in this country always points to Chicago as their, their scapegoat to, to list off the stats of how many people were unfortunately shot and killed in the city. Like, yes, I, everyone is aware, right, that this happens in a lot of major cities, unfortunately. Like, we, 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 we understand that. But why Chicago every single week? I mean, it's like, 
you know, it's it, it just using that to, to, to push a narrative, right? You know, I just, it, I don't think it's fair. You know, I, I don't think it's fair, but that's, that's Chicago, where we're leaving that. Chicago does have annually, by far almost, the highest total number of homicides. And it's almost always um, a person of color that is being murdered. I think that's why Chicago gets the wrath of it. And it's the biggest city, too, that gets the most other than New York, which is also starting to. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you. I agree with you, Juan. Mm -hmm. They they do pick on Chicago for the narrative because they don't have to. You can look to St. Louis, Atlanta, New York, Detroit, anywhere else. But they they pin it on Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm sad to see that because Chicago is a great city. It absolutely is. And, you know, before I just want to throw this out there before we start talking about sports, but uh, uh, go Bears. Yes. Thank you, Julius. It is a beautiful city. I didn't Uh, didn't say go Bears. It's a beautiful city. No, I know you didn't. I just wanted to throw that in there, too, because, you know, (laughs) Uh, here at On Point Discussion, we hope that or we would like for all of our uh, fellow uh, viewers who are watching us tonight to, of course, uh, get to where they need to go on time. And for that reason, we give you the time here on for all of you watching at a 715 Central, 815 in the beautiful uh, city of New York, and, of course, uh, 515 out west in uh, Los Angeles for those of you who are tuning in, uh, tuning in here from the West Coast. Thank you very much. We sincerely appreciate it. Uh, if you're out watching us on the East Coast, of course, as well, thank you. And here locally in the city of Chicago, beautiful city of Chicago, best city, of course, in the entire country. Thank you very much. What time is it in the dumpster fire of Detroit? Someone asks. It is. Uh, let me let me give you that time. It is eight fifteen in the dumpster fire of Detroit. I know that they don't. Can I just to- say? Can I just break up your little announcement right now? Your little yes. your little time yes. zone announcement. <laughs> um, <laughs> enjoy enjoy this summer please dear i'm just gonna stop everything and tell y'all this right now all y'all chicago abbeys i'm sorry i'm sorry Wyatt. i'm sorry chris y'all walked right into a rant one calls this all y'all little justin field avatars out there listen enjoy this summer please enjoy it savor it everything you can do because i promise once the season come around and the first loss y'all take to the lions well, I'm not gonna hear the end of it, and all that, all the trash talk, and Justin Phil Abby's gonna disappear. So enjoy it now, please. <laughs> they they don't have uh they don't have clocks in 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 in, in Detroit. They still use sundials because you know it's just so poverty over there. Just like your sports team, just like the sports team you happen to cheer for that plays See, in the beautiful exactly stadium. What I just said, Juan, enjoy it. That's what you're doing. You're enjoying it. I'm glad. I enjoy it too when it comes back at you. <laughs> Detroit is the greatest city in the world. <laughs> Okay, I heard Seven. this city. Now I know Julius on something. What's up with that? <laughs> I didn't start. Juan started talking about time zones, and then all of a sudden it was a Lions uh, barrage. <laughs> Seven Seven Sixteen Central Time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have a special surprise for you all here tonight on On Point Discussion. So for those of you who are following us and following the network and kind of what we're doing here, so we actually over the weekend – uh, went ahead and made the announcement official that the Lounge Room Network is expanding, and we did obtain a new uh, podcast that will be focused exclusively on the wonderful sports of baseball. Of course, America's pastime, baseball. Go White Sox, of course. Go White Sox. Um, we have with us here today uh, Adam and Chris. 
They are going to be hosting the bullpen lounge, and I, you know what? I'm actually, I made you guys a little, uh, a little sign here, a little banner for people to follow you guys. So there are their handles. Remember to go ahead and just click uh, that beautiful follow button on Twitter, gentlemen. How are you two doing? Welcome to the show. Your first, I believe, this is your first live podcast uh, episode, and I am. Very, very ecstatic to have you both on the show. Chris, we'll start with you, sir. How's it going, man? I know that you're trying a brand new mic, so I want to give you that opportunity to uh, <laughs> to go ahead and and try it out. Let's let's. How, how are you? Yeah, going? let's see how it works. How are we uh, how are we coming in? It's it's good. It sounds clear. Good. I can hear you. Yes, sir. Good deal. All right. Yeah, I've been playing with it all day. Uh, first live podcast ever. So. Really enjoying it. Um, you guys got great content. Listening to a couple shows today, heard uh, Jacob's episode from Fourth uh, of July weekend. Um, a lot of good banter between the boys. Uh, Detroit versus Chicago. Uh, Chicago over everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, obviously you can see my Mets background. I'm a Mets fan. Uh, my dude Adam is a White Sox guy, so I'll let him come in. Uh, my du- my name is Chris Krugman. Uh, Shy Bears, nineteen eighty-five on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, I was. I saw a comment pop up here. I was. I, I just wanted to wait till you finish, but it says, no, "Hey, Chris." Chris. Yeah, hey, Chris. Pretty soon you can take the nineteen eighty-five out of your app. We have Justin Fields now. <laughs> for real, for real. So excited. I'm lying, <laughs> lying to you, Chris. Hey, don't hate, man. Y'all wasted Stafford. Just wasted it. <laughs> Poor dude up there, so much talent. Uh, you're gonna have 1985 in your at for a long time. I'm an old man, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Adam, Adam, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. What's going on? Not much. Well, my name's Adam Kuno, so you can follow me at Kuno's 19. Um, I'm doing good. You guys should call me at the end of dinner, so that's why I'm kind of bouncing out. So, my apologies. <laughs> Um, I'm actually get really excited to get this podcast started with Chris. We've been chatting a lot um, about getting some getting this podcast going. And like him, I actually listened to uh, White Sox Weekly Podcast today when they were talking about uh, Eloy, who's out, about three weeks out from coming back to the White Sox. So that'll be a big bad bad in that lineup. And uh, there you go. Um, Eloy, Eloy Jimenez and- back on the Sox. I'm so stoked. <laughs> It, I'm excited to get him back, and one thing that I talked to Chris about was a couple of teams that have been a little bit of a disappointment, and one team actually has been Minnesota. I'm not complaining, but they've actually been a pretty big disappointment because they had the lineup to kind of be contending with the White Sox, but they have underperformed pretty much all year. They might blow up in the second half. The Twins might blow up in the second half. They got the talent. They just haven't put it together this season. I'm still, I'm still getting, I'm still getting comments, and I'm still gonna laugh, Julius. I mean, you I'm gotta, getting attacked by Fields. <laughs> Listen, ain't y'all about to leave y'all stadium to the dust in Chicago and Lake Michigan because y'all can't, uh, because it's not big enough? Listen, Ford Field <laughs> is one of the most underrated venues in, in the NFL and one of the loudest. And for some reason, I don't know why we sell it out almost every game. But I'm not. I'm not about to argue with Fields Abbey's all, all, all day. All right. Anytime I see a Fields Abbey, I'm just gonna ignore it. All right. I'm to think about his Ohio State days and how no relevant NFL quarterbacks have ever came from that school. So let's just keep it going. Buddy. 
Hey, they said the same thing about Texas Tech before uh, Mahomes. So I know, but I'm keeping, that it, I'm keeping that on Ohio, Chris, until I see it because they've never done it. You're about to see it, bud. And, it uh, and last but not least, we've got uh, we got Wyatt here, who again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, was out enjoying some rounds of golf in the beautiful New Mexico. Uh, Mexico scenery out there. Wyatt, if you can hear us, how are you? You look like you're driving home. So I don't want to I don't want to distract driving. you too much from the road, but how's it going? Uh, can you guys hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Yep. I'm I'm driving drunk home. No, I'm kidding. I didn't drink at all. But uh I have my <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I, I'm joking. I didn't drink anything. Okay, okay. But, um, I I have my I have my phone on I have a map on my phone so it's not like I'm uh, not paying attention I got headphones in so I glad to have you guys aboard on a new podcast um, it's always good to hear uh, Chicago content I get tired of hearing uh, Detroit content because every time we're on here Julius wants to talk Lions I'm like come on Julius talk something else I'm getting a text from all the right now. Man. All the listeners who aren't feels Abby, just know I'm strong. I'm staying strong. I have a Bears fan in every corner of the screen, and I'm staying strong. Get it, baby. Well, luckily for you, Julius, the the conversation is not focused on football tonight as much so as much so as it is on baseball. Hence, why we have our two baseball uh, podcasters on tonight because today. <laughs> and I'm only laughing because it's just a horrible, horrible thing that he that this 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 man said, and I'm just still trying to process what exactly was said by uh, our friend over at ESPN, Mr. Stephen A. Smith. Today decided to put out some comments, <laughs> comments that are um, a little bit, well, not not even a little bit. They're they're flat out wrong. Number one, I mean, horrible, horrible thing to say on live television you know, this morning, but I, I, I want to read the quote that, you know, that Stephen Ace said, right. And he, and, and also just before we proceed with that, just want to make everyone aware that about two hours ago, he did issue a formal apology for the comments that were made. Um, so I, I, I'm trying to look exactly what he said, but it was basically to the extent of saying that a certain baseball player shouldn't be the face of the MLB because he doesn't speak English, right, without the use of a translator. So I, I, I don't. I, I really want to keep this as professional as I can, because I know that this is still a podcast that maybe younger listeners will listen to, and I don't want to offend anyone because that is certainly not my goal either, but. What in the hell was Stephen Goddamn Smith thinking when he said that a certain baseball player cannot be the face of the of, of MLB or whatever simply because of the fact that he does not speak English? What kind of message does that send? to all of these international players who want to come over here and have a chance at, at being the next MLB All-Star. 
I where, mean, it's where, where, do we, where do we go from there? I mean, like, you have a clown analyst on ESPN, which, by the way, just let me point that out there real quick, that ESPN is garbage. We can start there. ESPN is trash. Honestly, the only morning show I think that is even one that I would give the light of day to at this point is Good Morning Football. Honestly. That's the only sports show that I can even begin to say, you know what? I'm going to turn on my TV. Oh, I'm interested in sports today. I'm going to watch Good Morning Football. Like, I'm not going to watch any of the trash that ESPN puts out. The only thing people are watching ESPN for, I think now, are live sporting events. I mean, I think that's what the vast majority of people are doing now. And again, I'm not, I am not in any position to tell anyone what they can or can't watch. That's not my job. I could care less. You guys pay your cable bills. I don't. But to me personally, what Stephen A. Smith did this morning with hopping to that conclusion that a non-English, a non-native English speaker can't be the face of MLB because of the fact that he uses a translator or whatever, you know, that, that, that is not only ignorant, but it's stupid. It is stupid, you know, and Adam, I know you're a Sox fan with me, and I know you probably saw some of the stuff that was uh, some of the comments. Uh, one of our very own uh, Sox, you know, blue chuck marks made a few, like, I think it was like a week or two ago about uh, you know that that barstool Dave guy, White Sox Dave, right? Yeah, it and how, come, yeah. yeah, and how he made a comment about similar comment about Juan Moncada, our third baseman, who he said something to the extent of, "Well, I would interview him, but." He doesn't speak English. I'll also say that doesn't this doesn't pertain to baseball, but this also goes to soccer, football. Any international athlete that wants to come over here to the United States and play in one of these professional leagues, that could be deterrent to them because they can be the face of any of these professional leagues over here. So that's only that's discouraging not to baseball players, but to any athlete who may be across seas who wants to come over and play in one of these leagues over here. So Otani is going to be the face of the franchise because he is that unique DH pitcher combo that baseball has not seen since pretty much Babe Ruth. And the fact that Stephen A. says something like that, I hope Otani goes out, wins the home run derby, sets a record, goes out and pitches two shutout innings tomorrow in the All-Star game. That's to send a message like, I am here and I'm going to stay. It's just so disappointing. Uh, I'm still very utterly disappointed. Uh, Whoever, whoever wants to, uh, whoever wants to go next, please. I don't care who goes next, but um, feel free, Chris. If you want to go for it, or Wyatt, I know you guys just both got on the show. Um, Wyatt, yeah. why don't you go first, Wyatt? Go, go ahead, Wyatt. Wyatt. I'll let you, I'll let you go in. Can you guys still hear me? Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I, I just I feel like ESPN. It's like trying to shove Stephen A. Smith down our throats like every every turn. It's like he's on the uh, – for MMA, he, he has commentary. They, he has his own podcast, and he's talking about baseball and football. And it's clear that he's extended himself too much. Like he used to be the guru for like NBA, but like him trying to talk football, him trying to talk baseball, it, he's out of his element. Uh, and this is like – an ignorant comment because Hideki Matsui, the first, I believe the first Japanese baseball player to play in the MLB, 
like you saw what happened if you guys were around when he started. It took off. Like he he needed a translator at first, and and he took off. He was like one of the stars for the, for MLB, and a lot of people like watching him play just because of his unorthodox batting style and the way he would approach the game. Like it it, it was it was exciting to see. I remember seeing that. So this is just an ignorant comment. It's another thing where ESPN is trying to shove Stephen A. Smith down our throat so much. But the guy does not know anything about baseball or football. It, it's clear. Like I've, I've heard him talk, and it's like he he comments like he made a comment about a Bears player earlier in the last season, like saying like, "Oh yeah, if he can stay healthy." I'm like, the dude hardly sees the field. He got one sack against Tampa Bay. The dude doesn't know what he's talking about. And for him to come out and say this, this is just him spitting out shit that he doesn't know anything about. I mean to say. This guy is taking the MLB by storm, and Stephen A. Smith is out here spinning nonsense out. And I'm surprised that he apologized because he said some pretty asinine comments about some NBA players that he said, oh, I'm not going to take back on Twitter because people have attacked him. Uh, Russell Russell Westbrook, I believe, is, is one person uh, that rings a bell with me. So... It's just, it's stupidity, and I'm tired of ESPN, like Quan said, I'm tired of ESPN just saying, here's Stephen A. for MMA, here's Stephen A. with his own podcast. Who the hell cares? Leave him on one thing, and that's it, because we're tired of seeing him put shit out that he knows nothing about. I thought, I thought, I always thought he was one of the, uh, just kind of did football and, and basketball. I actually never really thought he uh, made as many comments on, on baseball as he does or as he did today or had as many takes for baseball, maybe, maybe cause I, I don't watch ESPN enough. Right. You know, I, I, I don't know, but Chris, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take the floor. What, what's, what's on your mind? Yeah. I mean, like everybody said, it's, it's pure ignorance. I mean, the guy is just a hot take machine. I mean, that's all he's there for at ESPN. He's just there for, you know, hot takes, reaction, ad dollars. You know, he says something stupid. Everybody reacts. They get more viewership. They get more ad dollars, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's ignorant. I mean, the, him being on an MMA fight night, what? I I was lost. I had no idea why he was on there. That was ridiculous. Uh, and then to come out and say that about an international baseball player – which it's an international sport. And in case he didn't know, 33% of the league doesn't speak English and needs a translator. <laughs> so shut your ignorant ass up. Stop doing these hot takes and like, just pay attention, please. Like ESPN has been trash for a long time now. And it's just, it's just, it's beyond, it's beyond me. I can't even understand why they would do that other than to create ad revenue and I was talking to my father-in-law the other day about it. It's basically the Howard Stern effect. You know, he says fire takes to get people all riled up and they listen to him longer. It creates more viewership and creates more money for the network, which they don't have enough of. I mean, all right, whatever. I know ESPN has been under hot, has been in some hot water uh, for the past few weeks now too. This isn't like the first incident that they've had. Didn't they have a they they were the they were the network who had like a reporter that said some racist or like borderline like behind the scene racist stuff right and then she got pulled from the like the NBA finals coverage I think if I'm not mistaken was that ESPN or was Rachel, that a, Rachel, yeah Rachel Nichols Rachel yeah was, Nichols she yeah. Uh, was she was having a private Zoom conversation well not private she was having a work meeting on Zoom 
And at the end of it, she told a colleague that, um, you know, Mariah Taylor, I believe her name is, mm-hmm. uh, was only getting the NBA Finals job because of her skin color. Uh, when when she, in fact, when, when uh, Rachel thought she deserved it more off merit and somebody leaked that conversation and it blew up. The, I mean, it, it was terrible. I mean, her comments were awful. The thing that she did say that was true is that ESPN has been doing this for far too long. You know, they've been discriminating women and minorities for, for years, you know, and they try to put people out there um, to cover, you know, themselves. But then <laughs> Rachel got caught saying, you know, some things she shouldn't have said, and it was flat out inappropriate, racist, um, and she needs to she needs to check herself, but ESPN needs to be held accountable as well. Yeah, ESPN has just been, you know, I, I, I obviously I'm not as you know I'm not I'm probably the youngest one on this call right now to be honest. <laughs> All right, you know I'm in my mid twenties, but I I still remember the days at least, you know, back when, you know, even just twenty years ago, right when ESPN was actually espn right not so much of this extra like you know bs that they put out there now and 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 before a lot of the scandals and all that like it it was a genuinely good sports network at one point and then obviously we start getting all these revelations about all of the stuff that's happened and 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 you know all of these this all this drama and now these horrible horrible sports commentators Right, who have these horrible takes? And don't get me wrong; it's not just Stephen A. Smith. I mean, we can. There's plenty of of. of, of can I sports. mention something real quick? One about no, the no, you A. cannot. You, no, you cannot. I I uh, I, I, <laughs> I Stephen <laughs> A. Stephen A. Smith one is an idiot. He's an idiot because for a multitude of reasons, but for mainly because he didn't realize he thought he had the hottest take on earth. He really thought that. He did not fear what he was about to say. Why do you think that is, Juan? Why do you think Stephen A. Smith didn't double think about what he was saying? And mention this, earlier in the, in the show, in the beginning of the show, he was making fun of the Nigerian basketball team's last names. He was making a huge joke out of their last names. So he already was prepared for ignorance. I actually have no recoll- I have no knowledge of that at all. Actually, I, I really to, don't know. So please, if if you know, please, like you know, let me know. I, oh, I no, 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 no. I saw it. I saw it in a um in a headline that mm. he had earlier made reference to the Nigerians' team's names. I looked at ba- looked back at it. Yeah, he was laughing. I couldn't. I can't pronounce none of their names. Wuji Bukut. He was making fun of their names, which is very ignorant in itself. And then he comes back two hours later on the same show, and questions Otani's greatness because of the language that he speaks because he doesn't speak he's an idiot and is just ignorant but my question is why didn't he second guess his decisions on this because he wasn't no 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 it's not because of money oh no I mean it's because of money it's because of money you're not going to sit here and tell me it's not because of money I got a hot take I'm sad to say that he wasn't afraid to say these things because he is black and black people are not scared I'm a black person for all the listeners, I know I'm light-skinned, but don't go thinking nothing. He wasn't afraid. If Max Max Kellerman, if he would have said this, his career would be over right now. His career, no, he would have got fired by ESPN this afternoon. You, you understand that, right? 
Stephen A knew that wasn't going to happen to him, and he didn't have a fear at all. He didn't even get any backlash, so that's why he didn't double check himself. I mean, he's getting. I mean, he's out. getting. He's getting backlash. You're not going to sit here and I'm just going to go out and say we need to. When it comes to equality of morals, okay, everybody needs to be held accountable, whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're as famous as Stephen A, whether they're just a a, a minor blogger or podcaster like me or you. Everybody uh, needs to you know, be, be called out when it's some ignorant stuff like this. And he was being openly cringy and racist on ESPN with like, which like you said, is having their issues with race and all this other stuff. Most of it caused on their own. Um, it was just a dumb thing to say. And he lucky he still got a job right now because if he, if he wasn't an African-American, he would be fired right now. Simple as that. He would be fired. And Max Kellerman said what he said. On that show today, made fun of Nigerians' last names two hours, follow it up, and talk about Otani uh, not being a face of baseball because of the language. He would have been gone. He would have been done. So, Stephen A., you should feel lucky. Think twice next time. I um, I never watch his show. It was just a very ignorant thing to say. I'm sorry for the rant. But I just wanted to be truthful and honest about why I think he said those things and didn't you know, stop himself beforehand. Well, I need, I I need, I need more. I need more takes. I, I don't I care. Jump in on I this. just I need more because now 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 Julius has me riled up. So no, I, I, Wyatt, I, I Chris or, or, or Adam, it doesn't matter. I just, just keep them coming. <laughs> no, I, honestly, Julius, I'm glad you said it. I mean, <laughs> it's you, just the truth. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You know, and honestly, to me, you know, I'm I'm white, obviously, but. Like it's disappointing that you know you saw you've seen the struggles that minorities have gone through in this country, and then to have you know, you know yeah. a person of my, a, a minority come out and like take out another one for his language barrier, man, you were just putting us back. And then going back to what we were talking about earlier with America, we're in we are not looked at very well right now in the worldview because of, you know, racism and gun violence and all of the things that, you know, are, are, are detrimental to America right now. And to have Stephen A just kind of pile on, especially as a minority is just, dude, you're setting us back even further. Jump in real quick. Absolutely. Please. I agree with both Chris and Julius on that saying that these comments did kind of set us back a little because, the last four years we've been going we've been trying to build up towards not being that country that is not welcoming everybody we want to make sure we welcome everyone but these comments are just setting us back years and years i feel it's not just even a smith anytime these comments are made these are saying us back years and years and it's hard for us to recover from these comments absolutely Absolutely. No, it is because every time that every time something like this happens, we take a step back and it shouldn't be that way. You know, we, we, it really honestly shouldn't. Right. So I'm, I'm reading the comments here that are coming in are, are uh, Brandon. It says America is the only democratic multicultural nation in the world that actually works. Uh, no one should be looking down on us. No. And it's true. Like no one. I mean, we should be. You know what happened to being the beacon of the world, right? The, the the example of the world, and now it's like, you know, we have people like people like Stephen A. Smith coming out and saying these things. Oh, well, he can't be the, you know, there's no way he can be the whatever the the face or, or or the because of the fact that he doesn't speak English. Which, by the way, mind you, 
English, you know, America does not have a national language. So why does it have to be English? Right. <laughs> you know, that, that shouldn't be the case. And the fact that it, it, this, this, this false narrative continues to be perpetrated, right. is just, it's, it's shameful and it's very unfortunate. Uh, you know, if I'm being honest, Wyatt, any, any thoughts on this, Wyatt, before we move on? Nope. You guys hit it perfectly. Julius, good point to bring up. Julius just wanted to to punch air for a little bit. No, I just had to get it out, man. I just had to. <laughs> no, get it I know, out. I know, I know. Because <laughs> I felt like I was the only one that could, and it was the truth. So I just want to let Stephen A. Smith know. I know you're listening, buddy. I'm disappointing. <laughs> no, you're I listening. You. I used to look up to you when I was like 12 years old, and you and Skip used to argue back and forth on TV. But little did I know how much of an idiot you are. So, hey, glad I know it now. Won't watch the show. You know, I'm a huge fan of uh, I'm a huge fan of Shannon Sharp, and, and I actually don't mind skipping Shannon. Actually, uh, undisputed. Part of the reason because Shannon, you know, Shannon is actually really funny, Hilarious. and and I <laughs> for those for those who follow me on Twitter, I mean, you know, obviously it's all of you, but I always use that uh, that 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 short video of Shannon Sharp just laughing as you're like, <laughs> like. <laughs> I, I love I love using it because that's that's the one I use to clown Julius and his. I know I can, I, I can just see the laughing yeah. emojis right now with that video <laughs> under some lion, some random sad lions article or something, and, and then you just gonna post that that video right there and tag me in it. I, I know what you're talking about. Why it's almost as bad as that video that was made that you got tagged in earlier by one of our uh, our our buddies over here in the uh, the Justin Fields obvious. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is our father. That was a, a, a bland overreaction by Tony Dombrowski. He should have never made that video because now Bears fans just use it as a weapon against me on Twitter every day. Mitch Trubisky is our father. Mitch Trubisky is our father. Why would you say that? Even if you believe that in your heart, Tony. Keep it to yourself. Go cry to sleep in a corner like the rest of us Lions fans do. The Lions, the Lions cannot beat the Bears. <laughs> Why put that out to the public so it can be used against me? I don't have enough means to to, to, to keep up with this, man. Brandon, Brandon apparently told you today that Justin Fields is his new daddy. Or no, he told he told yeah, uh, Tony. That has no effect. No effect. Mr. Trubisky has actually beat us. I remember him beating us and looking like um, Steve Young. <laughs> but until I see Justin Fields, until I see it, I am not. A, I'm not even responding to that. Justin Fields is already your father, and that's the way it's going to be. Uh, moving forward, because Justin Fields is going to obliterate the Lions twice, two times this season. Yes, two times. Well, I can't wait to that Jeff Okuda pick six. I'm be hollering all over Twitter. It's going to trend. <laughs> it's going to trend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really quickly before we get off here, I know we're we're, we're approaching uh, it, we're approaching eight o'clock your Central Time. NBA Finals, real quick. I just, I just want to touch base on this because I know obviously the finals are a big thing, a big news story, especially here in Milwaukee, where uh, I am. You know, yours truly is located at, and of course, shout out to our guy uh, Brandon, who is the host of the Bruce City Potty. Obviously, has a lot, a lot, way, way more in-depth coverage on this than I have than I do or that, that any of us do. But uh, just really quickly, want to touch base on this because again, it is a very significant moment for the city of Milwaukee because. The Bucks are in the finals for the first time since the 1970s. So, 
Game three yesterday, Giannis came out literally swinging. <laughs> the man put down 41 points for the Bruce City to win. 120, I believe it was, to 108. I think that was, the, if I remember correctly, that was the final score. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I see Chris. Or was yeah, it 120, uh, 120-100? I... It was one one twenty one hundred. I I I gamble a little bit, so it was the under. <laughs> That's the only reason he knows. Otherwise, he'd be like, "I don't care." <laughs> did you Facts. guys? Did you guys? Did you guys watch the game? Did anyone actually like sit down and watch the game? I watched it. Giannis was absolutely dominating. Guess what? I mentioned it last week. I'm rooting for Milwaukee. Why? Because they're in the Rust Belt, just like Detroit. They haven't had a championship in fifty years in basketball. And, you know, good luck. Good luck, Milwaukee. Giannis needs to dominate like that every game. It's really enjoyable to watch. See, this, is, this is the part where where uh, other other rival fans, in particular my, our fellow, my fellow Bears fans, will jump into my mentions and start pulling the whole, well, Juan, Aaron Rodgers, though. I mean, he owns part of the – he has part stake in the in, in the Milwaukee box. You can't root for the box. So I'm going to apply that same logic to you, Julius. You can't root for the Bucs because Aaron Rodgers is, is part you know, you owner. You know why so. that's not true? You know why that's not true? Real fast. That's not true because the Bucks are a lesser franchise than my own fanship in the Pistons. Y'all are like the little brothers of the Pistons. Y'all ain't never won nothing. Y'all slightly smaller, smaller city right off Lake Michigan. I kind of feel bad for y'all. Listen, just take my support. <laughs> run with it. Good luck to Giannis. He plays with passion. I like to watch it. Anyone else have a take on the on the NBA Finals? I mean, I can go on and on about this scene that I again I, I live here. I can give you guys a firsthand perspective on on the 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 vibe that the city feels. But I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on on kind of what you guys have been seeing with you know the style of play and uh, you know just with all the all of the dynamics of the of the of the basketball game, right? That we the series that we've been seeing here. Which has been very, you know, it's been physical. It's been aggressive. Obviously, these two teams, you know, from coming from where they come from, and and not either not winning a championship at all, or being a very long time since, uh, you know, since they went to the finals. I mean, what? Any any additional thoughts on on the series? Yes, yeah, so uh, I actually grew up in Phoenix, uh, so I witnessed the 93 ass whooping by the Bulls, and that was super fun. Uh, actually, not even a Suns fan. Um, I am a Nugs fan because I'm here in Denver, but uh, I'm rooting for the Suns. I mean, my home, you know, Arizona was my home for a long time. I got a lot of friends back there, a lot of Suns fans. Um, that city's electric, just like Milwaukee is right now. I think it's awesome to see to uh, markets that we haven't seen there in forever. Um, it's good to not see the same, you know, super teams that we've seen time in and time out over the last few years, ever since Boston kind of built the first big three. We've seen nothing but, you know, these free agents go to one market, uh, big markets, um, and, and just create, you know, their favorite team. And that's that's fine, I guess, or whatever. I don't think it's great for the league. I think this is great for the league. You know, seeing a small market like Milwaukee, um, Phoenix is a massive market, but still, you don't think about the Suns when it comes to the NBA. 
Uh, Booker's playing out of his mind. He's he's a fun dude. He's got some classic cars and some swag suits. Uh, so yeah, definitely watching and loving the Suns. Um, but Giannis, good God, that boy put it down yesterday and and the first two games. I mean, he's he's got forty points a game. I mean, he's at like he's gonna hit a triple double next time. I mean, he's just playing out of his mind. He is. Uh, he's really. I think he's like the. Is it the fourth player I think in NBA Finals history to to drop over forty points? I think he's. It's up there. Uh, he was. You know, I, I just recall again. I was third. He's the third player. I just recall seeing the the graphic on my TV screen because I, you know, I had just gotten home from Chicago and I'm like, I'm packing everything and getting my life back together. So I was watching the game, but I was also like, you know, my cats. All right, I had to, I had to feed my kids. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I do recall seeing the graphic up there with you know with Giannis and I believe LeBron was up there. Uh, I forget who the other person was. I don't know if it was Kobe or if it was who it was, but yes, I, I do Shaq. recall seeing Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. How could I forget, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Adam or Adam or, uh, or or Wyatt, any any thoughts on on the NBA finale, the finals? <laughs> um, I think it's great that again, Just you that see the Suns are gonna. Have... Oh, sorry, Wyatt, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, my audio is starting to cut in out. Um, <laughs> I think it's great for Milwaukee and Phoenix that they're both in the finals. Milwaukee, obviously, a very small market team, and Phoenix. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I am a Bulls fan, so I enjoyed the '93 win. Personally, <laughs> that was back when I was in grade school. So, I, I'll be happy with either outcome if Phoenix or Milwaukee wins. I kind of little pull for Milwaukee because I've been following them a little more closely this year. But I think it's gonna be a tough finals. I think it'll still go a couple more games, and it's gonna be a tough fight to the finish. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I'm very excited to see what happens here. And then, uh, Wyatt, you can you can wrap it all up for us. <laughs> oh, just, I mean, I, I went, we had a, a pretty bad storm yesterday, so I wasn't able to watch the game, but I did watch some highlights. We had like 80-mile-an-hour uh, winds here and a lot of trees knocked down and some, some crazy stuff. But uh, what I saw from the highlights, is Phoenix is going to need to make some big time adjustments if they're not if they want to keep um, the Bucks from getting back in the series and, and winning the next game because um, they were all playing off um, Giannis and um, inside and they're leaving a lot of people open and the Phoenix Suns coach has definitely made some adjustments defensive wise in the in the in the NBA playoffs so um, I think they'll make the the adjustments. Um, but um, I, I, I feel like this, this uh, series is going to go at least six games. So it could go either way. Like you could see the Bucks just, just win three more games and, and win the series. But we'll see what happens. Um, I think it's going to be a, a tough series. Everyone thought the Suns were going to win in four, but I never thought that at all. Bucks and six. <laughs> Bucks and six. That's all. That's that's what I think. I think the Bucks can pull it off, and you know, I I hope so because I I would like to experience an NBA Finals parade here in Milwaukee. That would be that would be electric. Um, that would be awesome to see. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of On Point discussion on this fine Monday nights, July twelfth, two thousand and twenty-one. Hope you guys all enjoyed. Thank you for all of the comments. 
Uh, let's see. One final comment. I would rather watch 60-year-old Michael Jordan play Fat Charles Barkley than watch these finals. That's very unfortunate because these are these these are pretty. It, this, this is a pretty fun series, and um, it's, it's it sucks that you feel that way, Brandon. But you know, it's I guess we all can't uh, we all can't like the same things, and we uh, gotta respect uh, respect the opinions of of the audience. Go Who ahead, Julius. The super team point. That was a great point. I think that was um, Chris. Yeah. We need more Milwaukee Phoenix finals. We need more of this, like teams who haven't been there, teams who not always there, teams who only got one star, maybe two. That's what the NBA needs. That's what every league needs. Parity creates competition, creates fun. Um, don't nobody want to watch the Lakers and the Warriors and and, and uh, whoever else build a super team and just play every year. It's boring. I think I agree with that. I think it's a bit cliche. It gets a little, you know, it gets old after a while, and that's why when, you know, when when the the when Brooklyn got eliminated, right? I was like, okay, you know, that's 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 good. That's good, right? You know, we oh, you're not going to see Kyrie, you're not going to see Kevin Durant, you're not going to see, you know, Harden and all that. And then obviously when the Atlanta Hawks got eliminated, I was like, okay, now it's now it's getting real because now it's like, okay, Milwaukee actually has a chance to make it. And inevitably, they made it. June 1st, I think it was like June 1st or 2nd or whatever, very early June. I made my prediction. It's going to be Suns. It's going to be Bucks. It's going to be in the finals. Carried through all the way. <laughs> now I just need the I just need the Bucks to win, and I'll be a solid 10-10. Should I have bet money on this? I would. If I could, here in Wisconsin, you cannot do sports betting. So I, I, I unfortunately could not. You know, make money out of out of my my prediction on 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 Twitter. So, with that you being said, one on Twitter at Bucks Fanatico ninety four. Oh my god, That's, there's another one. That's another one. I'm going to add. Let's see. We are now. Let's see. Packers Fanatico, Cubs Fanatico, Brewers Fanatico, Bucks Fanatico. What? What? Um. Oh, there, there was another one that got thrown in there too, and I, I was like, the the Packers Fanatico one. That that one hurt. That one actually sting a little bit because I'm like, oh, like it, it just it wasn't. Yeah, I I was I was a little triggered. I don't get triggered, but I was I was a little triggered that night. I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Chris here. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at shy bears nineteen eighty five. Adam, you can find him at kudos nineteen. Julius at the fifth top. Yours truly at Loundrew Press one. You can find Wyatt at the Cornelius Seven. He had a he had to slip out of here first uh, the end of the show, but thank uh, thank you to him also for for joining us tonight. You can find the uh, Twitter page at Talks on Point, and remember to give the page at LoungeRoomNet a follow. Remember to also follow the new Bullpen Lounge podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Bullpen Lounge. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. I know that for Adam and Chris, this is your first time ever uh, using this the software here. So please, 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 once we end the live stream, do not log off or anything. I, you know, we'd like to like to have you stick around here for a few minutes. For everyone else tuning in on the live stream, this is the end of the show. Have a good work week. Have a good rest of the uh, of your week in general. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We will be back next Monday night for another episode of On Point Discussion. Yours truly next week will be traveling to uh, AmFam Field for the White Sox and Brewers series. I will be out there 
and it's going to be great. Maybe I will do a live segment out there at the tailgate when I'm 30 jello shots in. We will see. <laughs> I don't know yet. I guess it just depends on whether or not I start a fight in the tailgate or, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. Stay safe. And as this tradition on the show to end the show on a weekly basis, go, go Bears nine. and go White Sox. And go Tigers. Go Bears. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.